Hey, welcome everybody. Great to have you here at Crossroads today. So good to be in the house with you as well as just great to have those of you that are joining us online. We love worshiping with you each week and it's a great, great day uh, to go after God together. Amen? Hey, I want to real quickly mention our, one of our, our ministries that we support that we're just so grateful for and so thankful for, we believe so strongly in, is the Louisiana Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, I have the, the honor and the privilege of serving on their board of directors. There are eight different centers across the state of Louisiana. And of course, uh, one of those chapters is right here in Acadiana. Uh, we have... Um, those guys with us every Sunday. They're here worshiping with us. They're here serving uh, our church. And we just love what God's doing through this ministry, rescuing so many people out of the darkness of addiction and bringing them into the light of salvation and redemption. So this Friday, everybody say this Friday. This Friday night, 6 p.m., uh, they're going to be having an event where they're going to serve you a meal, they're going to cast vision before you, let you know you're going to hear a number of testimonies from uh, men that have been set free uh, by the power of Christ. They're going to be having a silent auction. All the proceeds, all the monies that are raised uh, from Friday night uh, will go to help them do what they do here in our community. So they have a table out in the uh, foyer on your way out. I encourage you to stop by there, pick up a ticket, uh, come Friday night, and just enjoy hearing about what God's doing through this incredible ministry Louisiana Adult and Teen Challenge. Everybody, if you got it, say, I got it. Awesome. We're kicking off a brand new series uh, today called The Devil's in the Details. Any, anybody ever heard that? The Devil's in the Details. And uh, I think it's so important for us to really understand who the devil is and what role he plays, you know, as we carry out, you know, human life day to day. There were two little boys that were in a Sunday school class one Sunday where the teacher was talking from, from Scripture about the devil and who the devil is and what he does and so on. After the class, one little boy looked at the other and he goes, Hey, man, you believe in the devil? You believe in all that stuff? You believe the devil's real? The other little boy looked at him and he goes, Nah, it's probably like Santa Claus. It's probably just your dad. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of people, man, that have no idea who the devil is. They have no idea what he's up to. Uh, so many people that think that this is just fable and fairy tale, that in some way the Bible is speaking allegorically of evil when it talks about this character called the devil. Uh, we see the world paint him as this cartoon picture, this little guy with the red pajamas and the pitchfork sitting on one shoulder while an angel sits on the other shoulder. This one's trying to talk you into good, the other's trying to talk you into evil. And uh, I understand why the enemy has painted himself that way in our mind? Because he's no dummy. He wants us to be ignorant of who he is and what he does and what he's up to. But it's so important for us to really understand what the Bible describes about Satan. Um, this saying, the devil's in the details, is really a way of saying that the details of a matter are often the most problematic. And that's certainly the case, I think, with the devil, with Satan. It's those details about him that the Bible provides that can be problematic for us sometimes. Because the Bible demonstrates that he's very real. And yet we don't want to acknowledge him in that way. We're afraid of what people are going to think of us. Man, you really believe in a devil? You really believe in 
like this personification of evil. You really believe in all that? Well, absolutely I do because of what the Bible teaches. So what, what we discover as we study Scripture is there's a lot of details, a lot of details that have been ignored about this very real enemy that we face, this very real threat to those of us who are followers of Jesus and who are people uh, who are a part of the kingdom of light. Just this past Sunday night, something happened at the Academy Awards that I'm sure you haven't heard about. Uh, something happened uh, that kind of demonstrate what I'm talking about. There was an, a man up for Best Actor Award, uh, a common household name. This actor is a, an amazing actor. And um, there was a comedian on stage that made a joke about this actor's wife, and it was in very poor taste. Uh, the joke should have never been told. It was in very poor taste, but the actor's way of dealing with his offense was literally to walk up on the stage and just slap the comedian silly. Now, uh, later on in the evening, they actually awarded the guy who slapped the comedian uh, with a Best Actor Award, and, um, but in, in the meantime... Uh, another actor, a fellow actor, one who is a follower of Jesus and very outspoken about it, Denzel Washington, actually went over and talked to Will Smith, who had slapped um, uh, the comedian, and uh, Chris, what's Chris, Chris Rock. And so in that meeting that Denzel had with Will, he told him, he said, he said Will, you need to know when you're at, at your highest point, that's when the devil comes in. Now, what was Denzel what was he demonstrating there? He was demonstrating the details about the devil that Will obviously didn't know. And there are details that we need to be aware of. It's going to keep us off the stage slapping somebody silly. If we can just know and understand these details. And so what I want to do for the next few weeks with you is I want to study the Bible. Is it okay if we study the Bible? Y'all good with that? We're going to have a Bible study over the next several weeks to find out Satan's role kind of in our day-to-day -day world and, and in our day-to-day -day life, here's what I'm convinced of. The biggest mistake we make about Satan is to either make him bigger in our minds than he needs to be or to disregard him altogether. See the church kind of falling into two camps. One camp is made up of those folks that really make Satan a bigger deal than he needs to be. And the other camp is the folks that just don't even recognize him, don't even acknowledge him. And both are a terrible mistake to either put too much emphasis on him or to just disregard him altogether is a horrible, horrible mistake that you and I don't need to make. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to read a portion of scripture to you that's very revealing about this character, Satan. Now, I want you to notice that this is 2 Corinthians. So this is the second letter that the Holy Spirit has inspired the Apostle Paul to write to the church, the first century church there in Corinth. In his first letter, Paul had rebuked that church in Corinth because they had a man that they were allowing to worship with them who was in a, a very egregious uh, form of sin. He was actually in a sexual relationship with his father's wife. In other words, his stepmother. And Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and said, hey, even the world don't function in that kind of wickedness, that level of wickedness. And he rebuked them and he told them to put this man out of their fellowship. And then he let them know what he was going to do was he was going to turn this man over to Satan so that Satan would buffet him 
And in buffeting him, maybe his eyes would be open and he would turn from that darkness back to Christ and ultimately be saved. Now, that's exactly what happened. And this man repented. And now in his second letter to the church at Corinth, Paul is saying, I want you to welcome him back into your family. I want you to embrace him with open arms. And he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, when you forgive the man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. Look at verse 11. So that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. Paul says, listen, I'm familiar with how the devil works. Are you? Are you familiar with how the devil works? I believe so many times the reason why so many of us are constantly being defeated by the power of darkness is because we just don't understand it. We don't understand how it works. We're not even acknowledging it. We want to pretend as though it doesn't even exist. And you're going to get yourself in trouble. You're playing right into the enemy's hands. He wants you to be ignorant of him and all he's doing. But God, God wants you informed. God wants you enlightened. And God wants you empowered over that threat that darkness poses to each of us as members of the kingdom of God. In Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, God speaks through his prophet and he said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Do you see how the enemy is able to destroy us so often? He's able to destroy us because we don't know what he's up to. We don't know who he is. We don't know what he's about. And through that lack of knowledge, the enemy is able to bring destruction in our life. In fact, Jesus warned us in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief's purpose, speaking of the devil, he says the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. Hey, listen, everybody, everybody here, listen very carefully. You have an enemy. He's very real. And his sole aim is to steal from you. He wants to rob everything God intends for you. He wants to steal that from you. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy you and yours. He wants to ultimately destroy everything that God has given you. And Jesus said, you need to know that about this thief. You need to know that about the devil. Now, um, the thief often achieves all this by simply keeping us out of the know. He wants you postured in a way where you never pay any attention to him, where you never acknowledge him, where you never look to the Bible to learn about him so that you can safeguard yourself against his devices. He wants you walking in that ignorance of him, that ignorance of what he's all about. There's a very popular kids movie out right now called Encanto. Every parent in the room groaned with me. You've probably seen it. 77 times by now. And there's a little song on that movie in Canto that says, we don't talk about Bruno. Bruno is an uncle in the family of this film that at one time kind of had like a, almost like a prophetic gift and he was constantly predicting things that would happen and they would come true to the point where the family kind of puts him out. They want nothing to do with him. And so their theme song for their family is, we don't talk about Bruno. Can I just say, as it relates to the family of God, forget Bruno. We don't talk about Satan. We don't talk about Lucifer. We don't talk about this enemy that we have. We want to act as though he doesn't even exist because we're afraid that people are going to think we're 
we're, we're silly or immature to believe in this unseen power of darkness. But friends, listen, Satan is as real as God is. How do we know that? God let us know that. He let us know that there's a very, very real enemy. So today, I want to begin to give you some of the details of the devil. I want to give you some details that the Bible provides us about Satan and about how he works. So first one I want to begin with is number one, his origin. Where did he come from? Well, what we learn is, is that he was once known as Lucifer. We call him Satan today, but he was once known as Lucifer, and he was actually created by God for God's divine purposes. He was an angel in heaven, and if you study the Bible, what you discover is that there are levels of angels. In other words, there are ranks among the angels, and so you have high ranking angels like Michael and like Gabriel, two of them that are mentioned in Scripture, that are obviously in a higher ranking than other angels that exist for the purposes of God. Lucifer would have been in those higher ranking uh, angelic uh, kind of classifications. He was a high ranking angel that served the purposes of God. And in the book of Ezekiel, we're giving some details about the devil that's very, very interesting. Uh, the Scripture, I, I think, uh, pretty, pretty clearly implies that woven within even his physical being, there are musical instrumentations so that he's a musical creature. In fact, many, many, many theologians believe that this high-ranking heavenly angel was once in charge of all worship in heaven. He's a musical being. Maybe now it's clear to see how he uses music in our fallen world so many times to lead people astray. So he's this musical being, he's this high-ranking angel, but we see that he leads a revolt against God. Pride fills his heart because of his beauty and his talent. Pride fills his heart, and he leads a revolt. He leads other angels in a revolt against God. There are mentions of the devil all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament alike. In fact, let me just give you a couple. I'll give you one from the very first book of the Bible and the very last book of the Bible. In the book of Genesis, we see him show up in chapter 3. God has created man and woman, Adam and Eve, and he's placed them in this lush garden. He's given them everything they need in that garden. He's asked them to stay away from one of the many, many, many trees that are there providing for what they need. He's asked them to stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan comes along. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. So Satan comes to Adam and Eve in the form of this serpent. Now, that's where the conversation would have ended if it had been me. I hate snakes. I'm telling you, hate them terrified of them. And the only thing worse than a water moccasin is a talking water moccasin, right? And so this serpent comes to Adam and Eve and strikes up a conversation with them. I want you to see what he says in uh, Genesis 3 verse 1. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Do you see the very first thing this serpent does is he tries to get humankind to doubt God. To doubt the instruction of God. Here we are, all these millennia later, and he's still trying to do the same thing to us. He still comes to us to try to convince us 
not to put any stock in what God has said or what God has instructed. Now we get another glimpse of him, the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And listen, all those books in between mentioned him as well. But in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, the Bible speaks about this serpent, Satan. Now let, let me just share something with you. If you're new to the Bible, you may not have figured this out yet. And it's so important that you know, as you study the Bible, that you know this truth the Bible's not written in chronological order. So even a book like Revelation that is a book that is primarily about futuristic events. In other words, it's a prophetic book. It speaks to what will come. Even the book of Revelation, number one, it's not in chronological order. And number two, it looks back as well as it looks forward. This is a verse that looks backward in this prophetic book. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 says, The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So this describes that moment where Satan led this revolt with other angels against God in an attempt to overthrow the all-powerful one. And the Bible said he was cast down to this earth. So it's so important to see he was created as an angel with high ranking, Pride filled his heart. He tried to rebel against God. It's so important to see he was thrown down to the earth. This is his origin. Second detail I want to give you about the devil is he believes in God. Satan absolutely, and all the demons with him, absolutely believe in God. They know God is real. They once operated under the authority of God. And yet they were cast down due to their rebellion. But they believe in God. In fact, James 2, verse 19. You guys don't mind if we study the Bible, do you? So James 2 and verse 19 says, You say you have faith, for you believe there is one God. Good for you. I love that. It's like the Bible gives us a golf clap. Good for you. Nice, nice. You believe there is a God. You believe there's one God. Good for you. He goes on to say, even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. So not only does Satan and demons believe in God, they took it a step further than most of us have. They fear and tremble before a holy God. And we should as well. I think every one of us could use a whole lot of more fear and trembling towards a holy God in our lives today. We can learn a few things from these details the Bible gives us about the devil. So he believes in God, and he even fears and trembles before God. Number three, third thing I want you to know is that he leads fallen angels. Now, in the Bible, fallen angels are referred to as demons. And we don't know how many of, of, of them there are. Here's what we do know. We know that Scripture implies every human being that's ever lived has an angel assigned to them. Throughout your lifetime, you have an angel. Some of you guys have given your angel a harder time than some of the rest of us. He's been trying to keep up with you and clean up after you. Come on, y'all. And so each of us has an angelic being assigned to us as humans. In fact, if, if God just opened our spiritual eyes for just a moment, we'd see angels are all over this room right now. They're all over this room. How, how do you know that? Because you have angels assigned to you. They came here with you today, Right? They kept you safe on I-10. And, um, and so we know that, of course, there have been millions and millions and millions of people who have lived on planet Earth. And so there are obviously millions and millions and millions and millions of angels. 
And we know that a third of the angels, and I'll show you this in the Bible later, but we know a third of the angels followed Satan in his revolt against God. So there are millions and millions and millions of these demonic spirits. And it's so important to recognize and understand and realize that Satan leads these demons. In fact, Revelation 12 verse 4 is that passage I, I, I just referred to. Where again, the book of Revelation looks backwards instead of forwards. And 